0: Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the June 7th, 2023. 176th edition, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News and Weather for the upcoming week.
1: And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield Trivia Question courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance.
0: Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week.
1: Juneteenth celebration moves to a new location.
0: Ben Barber boys bring the heat in the high school state barbecue competition.
1: Stage production opens Friday at the far best. Mansfield
0: woman runs every street in Mansfield.
1: We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve concludes his talk with author-educator Shane Trotter about the physical and mental health of our school kids. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield.
2: I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on the podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth building made simple.
3: At Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, we've been caring for our home team for over 15 years. Today, you'll find award winning physicians on the medical staff, advanced neurosurgery, a level three trauma center, critical care for newborns, and comprehensive orthopedic care. Methodist Mansfield, delivering the care our friends, neighbors, and home team depend on. That's community why so many people trust Methodist.
4: The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com.
5: Hi, I'm Katie Hayes, pastor of Galileo Church, and you're listening to About
1: Mansfield.
0: Welcome back to About Mansfield.
1: The annual Juneteenth celebration has a longtime tradition here in Mansfield. The celebration was organized by Brenda and Norman Norwood up until 2020, before they handed the reins to the city of Mansfield. Brenda Norwood graduated as part of Mansfield High School's first integrated class in 1966. She would go on to become the school district's first African-American employee and work for the district for more than 40 years as a teacher before retiring from Mary Orr Intermediate School. In the fall of 2021, Mansfield ISD opened Brenda Norwood Elementary School. The Juneteenth celebration has grown to the point of needing a larger location. This year's event will take place at The Lot downtown on South Main Street on Saturday, June 17th from 4 to 9 p.m. The event commemorates the emancipation of enslaved people in the United States of America and celebrates African American culture. The national holiday falls annually on June 19th. The afternoon will be chock full of entertainment, concluding with a concert by the powerful, sultry voice of singer-songwriter Lakia Stokes.
0: Well, you know, they say when there's smoke, there's fire, and there was a lot of smoke going on down in Round Rock uh, just a few weeks ago. It was the high school barbecue state competition, and 92 teams competed, including a team from Ben Barber called Fats Barbecue, that's Ph. ATS barbecue fats, barbecue with us on the phone is the fats, barbecue head coach, Paul Beasley. Welcome to about Mansfield. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Paul, give us uh, uh, a rundown to tell our, our listeners about uh, what the competition was all about. uh, How did Ben Barber make it to the state competition and how did they fare?
6: I rode to state started back early, uh, September when we were invited to the Barbecue World Food Competition at the High School and we placed fourth. Uh then from there we made our way to uh Graham, Texas, uh where we also placed in the top ten there. And then from there back home at Ben Barber, where we hosted our own regional, and we came in the top ten there. So that set our pace for the state barbecue competition in Round Rock. Uh Any team that falls within that top 10 at a regional event, you qualify for state. We managed to pull it together.
0: You pulled it together among 92 teams. How did your team place? We came in
6: second place in state. We are the reserve grand champion in the state of Texas, which is a great spot to be in. Uh, Number two in, in the state for a year. We get to hold those bragging rights.
0: And what does that mean, reserve champion?
6: Reserve champion means that out of 92 teams, your score was, you was right up there. You, know what I mean? you came in second place out of 92 teams. So that means that you had to do good in some of those categories. We had to cook dessert, uh, beans, chicken, ribs, brisket. And we fared good in desserts and uh, uh, ribs. We got first place in ribs, fourth place in desserts. Those kids had to really uh, step up their game.
0: I know there's a the a culinary class uh, and a program at Ben Barber. Are these kids uh involved in that or is this barbecue just a hobby that they love to do?
6: Barbecue is just it's considered club. So some of these kids are not even in culinary. Some of them are some of them are not. And they just make up some kids around the district who want to be a part of some who want to learn how to barbecue. And that's why I come in to help teach them that background, give them the fundamentals of how to barbecue. And it's also a good life skill that that's being taught.
0: Rumor has it that you have your own barbecue catering company.
6: Well, I, I have my little side gig, which is a Fat Bee's Barbecue. And I normally set it to the side while I work with the kids. So I normally don't get to do a lot of Fat Bee's Barbecue until the summertime.
0: Yeah, so you're taking your personal experience and helping the kids out.
6: Yes. It, it seems to be paying off.
0: How many kids are on Fats' barbecue team?
6: Four team members this year. Uh, we had uh, Zane Jones. We had uh, TJ Flowers. We had uh, Garrett Carter and Diego. I'm not sure Diego's last name, but had four, four guys.
0: They must have been really proud of the ESPN coverage that they got in the, in the magazine.
5: Oh,
6: yeah. I mean, it, we've gotten so many comments around the district and from other people congratulating us. It's a real big uh, accomplishment when you talk about that for those kids. And those kids also earn scholarship money. And that's, that's why I'm in it. The more we compete, the more they can win the scholarship money. That's what it's about.
0: Well, Paul Beasley, the head coach of Fats Barbecue, the high school barbecue competition, uh, the Ben Barber team, uh, congratulations and uh, congratulate your team on behalf of About Mansfield. And uh, let's do it again next year. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: The Far Best Theater will be the hotspot Friday night as the Fleetwood Project presents The Spitfire Grill, a stage production about a feisty parolee who follows her dreams based on a page from an old travel book to a small town in Wisconsin and finds a place for herself working at Hannah's Spitfire Grill. The grill is for sale, but there are no buyers for the only eatery in this depressed town. Audience members will find out what happens to the grill when Hannah raffles it off. The show runs twice on Friday at 7.30 and 9.30 p.m., and tickets are on sale now. We have a link to the show on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. If you've ever
0: wondered how many miles make up... The amount of every street in Mansfield. I got to tell you, first of all, it's a lot. And you could get in your car, you could hop on your bike, maybe GPS the entire amount of traveling every street in Mansfield. But you could, or you could also do what one Mansfield woman did, and that is put on her running sneakers and run every street here in Mansfield. And that's exactly what Robin Eastman did. First of all, Robin, welcome to About Mansfield.
7: Good morning. Thank you.
0: You have literally run every street in Mansfield. The first question is, why?
7: I'm not really sure. Some people say because I'm crazy. But really, the reason is because I love my city, and I love to run. What better way to see the city than to run every street? And I had heard about this app. Well, it's not really an app. It's a website called City Strides, and where you could see the whole city, and it gives you a way to import your data from your running app so that you can see what you You know what you've run, and make sure that you run every street.
0: You've run every street. How long did it take you to to complete this? When did you start, and when did you finish?
7: Well, according to the app, I started in 2014 because it goes back to the earliest data that um, that I have on my. I use Strava, which is a running app. So I, uh, when I got the idea in April of this year, I wanted to see how many streets i'd already run so i had already run 18 percent of the city so instead of starting over <laughs> i just went from that point and decided to run the remaining what 82 percent so i thought well maybe i could do that in a couple of years then i really started looking at it and the whole city of mansfield currently according to the app is 499.72 miles so i thought i could do that in a few months which um so my goal was to finish by my birthday which is the end of july and uh, I got a little bit obsessed and finished earlier than that. So it just took me about two months to finish the remaining 82% of the city.
0: I know you're an average runner. You, if I recall, have actually run marathons. On a typical day where you put the sneakers on, how many miles are you running?
7: You know, between three and six. But I've been averaging about eight to 10 since I started this endeavor.
0: And do you run every day?
7: I didn't used to, uh, mm. but uh, in order to finish the city, I wanted to finish it before it got super hot. So um, I thought that I would just run in the mornings, but then I- I'm a realtor. So sometimes I find myself in different parts of the city. So I would, I would do a street here and there between showings. So it got it really did become a little bit of an obsession.
0: Yeah. So as you're checking out the map, you would, you, you would just literally pick out a neighborhood that you've not been to and, and, and start running in that neighborhood.
7: Yes, and actually, those were the easier neighborhoods, the ones that I had never been to, but uh, because I was filling in some neighborhoods I'd already started, I would have to rerun some of the streets because I had missed a cul-de-sac or or a part of the a different part of the neighborhood that I hadn't been to. So cul-de-sacs were my nemesis actually, because it says there's 500 miles in the city, but there's really about double that because if it's a dead end street, you have to run it twice essentially, because you got to get back.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, I got to tell you, it's, it's 500 miles, whether it's done over 10 years or it's done under, under, uh, over 10 days, uh, it's quite a feat. And for me, to run to from my house to the end of the cul de sac, and it's only 130 feet, is a feat. Congratulations on on running 500 miles every street in Mansfield. Thank you. What's next? You can do Arlington.
7: I decided I wasn't going to do anything, and then I looked at this map, and really, Grand Peninsula, Miralagos area is kind of like Mansfield. Seven five oh five four is going to be next for me.
0: If someone out there wanted more advice on. Uh, on running uh, be, like I said you've you you've run marathons and 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 now 500 miles in mansfield what would be the one piece of advice you give to a, a rookie runner
7: just start uh, because i've I've been in super running shape and I've been in horrible running shape and so it's frustrating when when you go and you can't run to the end of your block but if you do it every day or every once a week you you get better so. Put on your shoes and get out there is, is my advice.
0: Robin Eastman, appreciate the time. And again, congratulations on completing 499.93 miles every street in Mansfield. Keep it up. Thank you, Steve. If you have a comment about the show, the news, whatever's on your mind locally, the good, the bad, the ugly, what's on your mind, you can reach out to us by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817 435 2938. Thursday, June 8th, is National Best Friends Day, a time to tell your best friend how much you appreciate their company. It's no secret your best friend is there during the good times, but more importantly, when the times get rough. Thursday's the day to enjoy a little one on one with the people who never fail to catch us when we fall. National Best Friends Day was established during a U.S. congressional hearing back in 1935. While the majority of the 1,000 people surveyed by National Today's Science Team named their significant other as their best friend, others include their dog, their mom, a sibling, their dad, and their cat. So this coming Thursday, hop on the phone or maybe get together at a local restaurant and spend some time with your best friend. Let's head on over to the weather desk and check the forecast for the upcoming week with my best weather friend,
1: Colleen. Oh my God, Steve. I'm so flattered, though I'm pretty sure one of your other best friends, like perhaps your dog, might do a better job as your best weather friend. But Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. We have a slight chance of rain for the next seven days or so, highest on Saturday at 30%. Summer is continuing to creep towards us and we're warming up. We're looking at a high of 90 degrees Wednesday, 93 degrees Friday, 94 degrees Sunday, and 96 degrees on Tuesday. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section.
5: Summertime in Texas means spending more time in the cool sparkling water. I'm Angel Biasotti, and we'll have some safety tips next in Muppet Mansfield News to Know. This is Beth Steinke and I'm gonna let you in
8: on a little secret today. I'm spilling the beans on the three questions that strike fear in the heart of every realtor today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report.
2: In this week's Cocktail of the Week, I'll be talking about a cocktail that might have you calling out, ole!
1: We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield.
4: No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com.
3: Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area and when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as where are they based out of and how many years experience do they have roofing in North Texas. Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated a with the Better Business Bureau. Trinity Roofing and Construction. A Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at Trinity Roofing Construction.com. That's Trinity Roofing Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. With the exceptional amount of rain that we've experienced so far this year, spring is a vital time to clean pool filters, skim leaves and debris, and keep skimmers clean to ensure proper circulation as well as keep your pool sweep in good working condition. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the Internet at PoolAid.net. That's PoolAid.net. We're here for you.
1: Congratulations to our latest trivia question winner, Bobby Hill. Last week, we asked you to be the first to answer the question about Earl C. Driscoll, for whom there is a headstone-shaped monument in the 800 block of downtown Mansfield. What did Earl C. Driscoll do for a living? According to the headstone monument itself, Earl Claude Driscoll was a newspaperman. Historic Mansfield, Inc. cites that Driscoll was educated as a lawyer and started his journalism career in 1907 when he joined the staff of the Fort Worth Star. Largely through his editorial efforts, a major road bond package was passed in 1911 that set an example for other state and local highway programs. Bobby was the first to submit the correct answer, and he has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield.
0: Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. 3.0. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. What started out as an audio-only studio, Podcast Mansfield is now a full-service audio and video recording studio, complete with custom green screen backgrounds, two high-definition cameras, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and we can also help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Wealth Building Made Simple, We Are TPM, and Wealth Think Tank Television, just to name a few. So whether you're a hands-on person or just need a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is here to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 right here in Mansfield. Mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com.
2: Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at jojenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejinkinsinsurance.com.
0: It is time right now, this very second, for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia, At AboutMansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant, and that restaurant of your choice, brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at JoeJenkinsInsurance.com. I mention this every week. Not every winner submits their answer on Wednesdays, so if you're listening on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or even a month from now, give it a shot. You may be taking home a $25 restaurant gift card. Let's get to this week's question,
1: Colleen. Well, Steve, this week's trivia question is for those who love numbers, such as degrees, minutes, and seconds. The question is, what are the latitude and longitude coordinates for the intersection of broad and main streets in historic Mansfield? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what are the latitude and longitude coordinates for the intersection of broad and main streets here in historic Mansfield? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm Rosalie Gilbert.
8: Cultural Arts Supervisor for the City of Mansfield, you're listening to About
1: Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the Features section. Angel Biasati is here to address with tips in Methodist
5: Mansfield News to Know. Summertime in Texas means it's hot. So spending more time in the cool sparkling water of a pool, lake, or ocean to cool down. But don't let the water claim a life of you or your loved one. Drowning is the leading cause of death in children under five, and Texas ranks second in the country for fatal drownings. A residential pool is 14 times more likely to take the life of a child than a car. That's why Methodist Mansfield Medical Center believes in offering up some water safety tips, along with drowning prevention. Drowning and non-fatal drowning can occur in a matter of seconds. Two seconds is too long. Don't turn your back on a child in the water. Drowning typically occurs when a child is left unattended or during a brief break or lapse of supervision. Make sure your family practices safety around water. Every child over the age of three should have swimming lessons, and your local YMCA is a great way to start and learn. Children should only swim with the supervision of an adult. And when you swim, have a buddy. Obey the posted pool rules and never jump or dive unless a lifeguard says it's okay. Do not eat candy or chewing gum when swimming in the water. If you hear thunder or see lightning, get out of the water immediately. When you're on a boat, everyone needs a seat and their own US Coast Guard approved life jacket. Stay away from pool drains. Know the risk of natural waters like oceans, lakes, and rivers. The water quality may be at issue. Dangerous currents or waves, rocks or vegetation, and limited visibility. If the water smells bad, you probably don't need to swim in it. Never underestimate the power of a current in water. Fast-moving currents have the ability to overpower you without warning, even in shallow water. So be alert. Stay safe this summer. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel Biasati for the About Mansfield podcast. Realtor
1: Beth Steinke is here to address three questions that strike fear into the heart of realtors in the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. In general,
8: your realtor is going to be well-versed in how to help you narrow down all your options, help you select the right home, get you to the closing table on your new home, help you with any vendors you need to make your house your own, and more. But there are a few questions that strike fear in the heart of every realtor, and I'm going to pull back the curtain and let you in. One of those questions is, is this a safe neighborhood? Look, you're right to wonder and even to ask. After all, your personal safety and the safety of your family is of paramount importance to you and to your realtor. I mentioned in a recent home buying series that this is a question that we have the answer to, but we are restricted by fair housing laws from steering you to or from any particular neighborhood. Big financial penalties for violating this one, up to $16,000 for the first offense. And truth be told, the answer is very subjective. What feels safe to you might feel very unsafe to me and vice versa when the last time there was a homicide is very different from when the last time a teenager checked to see if a car was unlocked and grabbed a pair of cool headphones. We will gladly give you resources and suggestions to do your own due diligence on crime and school performance. The second question that strikes fear is how much value will this thing fill in the blank add to my home? Oh boy, I cannot tell you how many times we get asked these questions. And let me just say, you can ask 10 different realtors and you'll likely get 10 different answers. But let's spend a few minutes here to unpack this. First of all, we need more information. What does the rest of your home look like? In other words, have you poorly maintained your home, but now it has a nice outdoor kitchen or new windows? In order to assess your home's market value, we are constantly adding and subtracting to fully assess. The value? Does your home have 36 windows or 12? Were they very old or only a few years old to begin with? How will buyers receive this home now that it has this new feature? Will they be willing to pony up more money for it? Here is an example. We are seeing a trend right now of homeowners removing tubs and putting in oversized showers. Will this help or hurt your value? Did you put in a beautiful tile shower or a plastic drop-in shower? Did you smartly design the space or did you leave dead spaces in the bathroom? Did you add an extra shower head, a steamer, or a rain shower? This applies to all the things. Fireplaces, pergolas, patio extensions, flooring, and more. Another important piece of that value puzzle is whether or not everyone else in the neighborhood has made the same improvement. Does every home have a pool but you do not? Did everyone convert their garage into a living space? Is it so unique that another buyer might not even like the choices you've made? You may have spent $15,000 on the new electric interior smart shades, but another buyer might think they are an ugly color and too complicated to operate. Is the house overimproved? There is a point of diminishing return on home improvement, and of course, the market. It's possible that in a strong seller's market, you'll see nearly hundred percent return on certain improvements, but in a declining or buyer's market, buyers are not going to value anything like they did when you put it in. So all of these factors make it a really difficult question to answer, but we will always do our best to try and help you avoid costly mistakes. Bottom line, if you're going to live there from five to 15 more years, put in the fireplace, take out the tub, paint the cabinets blue and put in the flooring you love It's your home after all. Just remember, not every buyer may love it as much as you do. The last question that strikes fear, or maybe not fear, just angst, is why are they selling? I always giggle a little bit when I get this question, usually at the threshold of the house that I've never been in and for a seller whom I do not know. So just for the record and to help your realtor avoid an awkward conversation, I'm going to tell you the actual truth. The truth is that this home served them for many years, but now no longer does. I know it's not the deep dirt you wanted to find out, but even if I called their agent and asked them directly, why are they moving? They won't answer, as it could serve as leverage against their client. A good agent will hold all of those details around their client's move very secure and confidential. In fact, we're not allowed to release any information unless we have express permission, and preferably in writing from our clients. Remember, it's okay to ask and to wonder. It's just not always okay for us to answer. I hope you've enjoyed this little peek behind the curtain. While we are at it, let's take a few minutes to review what's going on real time in the Mansfield real estate market. Stable is the word of the day. We are seeing steady inventory with homes coming on the market and homes going under contract and closing. While demand is definitely lower from a year ago, inventory remains excruciatingly low still making it a seller's market, although trending more towards a balanced market. Within the Metroplex, some homes are selling very quickly with multiple offers, while other homes are sitting longer. As of June 5th, there are 118 active and available homes in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from 225, with the list topping out at $1.8 million, and 12 of those homes are priced at $900,000 or more. Interest rates remain greater than 7% for most buyers, causing mortgage payments to trend 40% higher this year than last year. This creates significant affordability issues for our first time buyers, but we are still seeing signs of strong demand in that part of the market. The Mansfield real estate market remains strong and stable. I have a special offer for our About Mansfield listeners. We are inviting you to a casual evening to talk about a difficult topic. Roger and I are so excited to introduce you to our Will Trust and Estate Attorney, Caitlin Philly. Caitlin lives right here in Mansfield, and we encourage you to join us to help demystify the Will Trust and Probate process. She will be sharing information about the documents you need to have in place for true peace of mind and answering your questions. No charge for this event, but you must register. If you'd like more information about this event or have any questions about real estate, please email info at aboutmansfield.com or you can call me or text me at 682-777-5745. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth
1: Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred. Either way, you know it's going to be good. As Brian Certain serves up a tonic with a twist
2: in the cocktail of the week. In this week's cocktail of the week is the Mexican tonic. A couple weeks ago, I started a new series on cocktails that I found on TikTok. And this week's creation comes from at Moody Cocktails. The Mexican tonic is a vibrant and complex cocktail that combines the flavors of Mexico with a refreshing twist. This spirited variation on the classic tonic water is perfect for those who enjoy a balance of sweetness, bitterness, and tanginess in their drinks. And gosh knows who doesn't enjoy that. To create this Mexican-inspired tonic, gather all the necessary ingredients, tequila, grenadine syrup, Angostura bitters, fresh lime juice, tonic water, and optional garnishes such as lime wedges and mint springs. The Mexican tonic is made with tequila, grenadine, angostura bitters, lime juice, and tonic water. They all add a complex and layered flavor profile. The sweetness of the grenadine is balanced by the bitterness of the tonic water and the bitters, while the lime juice provides a tangy, citrusy element. The tequila ties all the flavors together, adding depth and character to this cocktail. The Mexican-inspired tonic is a versatile drink that can be enjoyed on various occasions. Whether you're hosting a festive gathering, unwinding after a long day, or simply craving a unique and flavorful cocktail, the Mexican tonic is made with tequila, grenadine, the bitters, the lime, and the tonic juice, and it's sure to delight your taste buds. So, immerse yourself in the vibrant flavors of Mexico and savor the invigorating experience that this delicious cocktail brings. But as always, don't worry about taking notes as I'll be putting out the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So ingredients, you need two ounces of a good silver tequila. You need a half ounce of grenadine, three to four dashes of Angostura bitters, and about a half ounce of fresh lime juice, and then tonic water to top off. First, you'll begin by filling the glass with ice cubes, ensuring that it's adequately chilled and ready to enhance the flavors of the cocktail. And then in a mixing glass, measure out a portion of tequila, pour that into the glass, and then choose a tequila that suits your preferences, whether it be smooth, an earthy reposado, or a bold and robust Añejo, or certainly a silver tequila, the tequila will serve as the base spirit of providing the rich and distinctive flavors that are synonymous with Mexican culture. Next, add a splash of grenadine syrup to the glass. Grenadine brings a touch of sweetness and a beautiful crimson hue to the cocktail. The syrup's fruity undertones complement the agave notes of the tequila, creating a harmonious flavor profile. To add some depth and complexity, we're going to add three to four dashes of Angostura bitters. The bitters are crafted from a blend of spices, herbs, and botanicals, lending a bitter and slightly spicy element to the drink. The bitters also help to balance out the sweetness of the grenadine, helping to keep this as a well-rounded cocktail. You're then going to squeeze the juice of fresh lime to infuse the cocktail with that tangy, citrusy zest. The lime juice also adds a refreshing brightness that complements all the other flavors in the drink. And then you're going to finish it off by topping it with tonic water. Don't skimp with the cheap tonic water. Always use a good one. You know, my favorite is going to be the Q tonic water, um, just like the Q ginger beer. But again, don't skimp. Get a good quality tonic. It really does make a difference. The effervescence of the tonic water adds a delightful fizz and a crisp texture to the drink, making it even more invigorating. You're going to give the mixture a gentle stir or certainly a toss to ensure that all the ingredients are combined thoroughly and that the flavors are evenly distributed throughout the glass. To enhance the visual appeal, provide a fresh aroma and garnish the Mexican tonic with lime wedges and a sprig of mint. Again, don't forget to express the mint and, or slap it on the back of your hand. The garnishes not only add a touch of elegance, but it offers a pleasant scent that enhances your overall drinking experience. But as always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at brian at bourbongospel.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, my
9: name is Kenneth Rose, President and CEO of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield. You are listening to about Mansfield. Welcome back to another
0: segment of about Mansfield. I'm Steve Casio. as we make the transition from news to talk. And today we present the conclusion of our in-studio interview with author and educator Shane Trotter talking about the physical and mental health of today's school kids, especially when it comes to smartphones and social media. You know, let's, let's talk about smartphones. It seems like every school-age kid has a smartphone, has basically a thousand dollar computer that fits into their pocket and they're taking it into the classroom and you're, you spoke at the Mansfield ISD uh, school board meeting a couple of weeks ago, you spoke during citizen comment. And I believe of, Two or two and a half hours of citizen comment. You were the only one that spoke about smartphones, as everyone else was talking about something else. Uh, let's talk about the problem with smartphones in schools.
9: The, it's the problem with smartphones in schools. And to go back, you know, my my thing is kind of the norms. It's the problem with smartphone norms in society. Um, you, you know, we can get there, but the the problem starts before school when these students are getting smartphones so early, um, you know, and again, this, this goes down back to, to norms. This goes back to, I'm a parent. I feel like something's off, but all his friends have it. Yeah. I'm a parent. I feel like something's off, but uh, you know, I, I guess this is just like, like, you know, violent video games were, were the outrage when, when I was a kid. So it must be just the same. And the reality is it's not. It's absolutely not. There's a reason the Surgeon General just, just said that, that social media does real harm. Uh, the, the, the evidence is just beyond overwhelming at this point. Um, so it's not. Um, but, yeah, if you want to – before we get there, if you want to focus on, the, on in the school building – Yeah, let's, let's start there. Yeah, okay. People have not uh, – people don't understand how disruptive it is to, to, to learning – uh, people don't understand how disruptive it is to the socialization of the student body, of, of the students themselves. And just, you know, I would put it this way. I was talking to Kina Eastlick, the uh, the principal at Mary Orr, where I spoke a few weeks mm-hmm. back. And uh, she, she caught a presentation I gave. Um, and uh, afterwards, she came up to me to ask me to speak uh, to, to her parents. Um, and she gave me the example of, uh, with the smartphone of, a parent event or a kid event they had basically they had bounce houses they had all these things it was early in the year that, and they were going to have this, this this event for the kids basically to play like crazy and get up there and just like get, a field day type yeah, uh, event yeah it was it's, in the evening but, okay. but um, and she said they didn't think to say anything about the smartphone and all day the entire event the kids just walked around on their smartphones the entire event it was she said it was scary it was bizarre um,
0: it's like a so, zombie apocalypse where everybody is, is, is zoned
9: out yes. on, on the screen. Yes. And, 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 you know, every adult feels this cause they've to, to some degree or another, we've all felt it in our lives too. Um, there's so many adults that have, you know, taken social media off their phone and they feel better, all these things, you know, yeah. we, we understand this cause we feel the subconscious tug in our lives too. Um, then, but Mrs. Eastlick, then a couple, a couple months later, they did it again. This time they said no fun, no phones. And you would be amazed, she said. Like, it was a completely different event. The kids were playing like crazy. And it's just, uh, you you, you can't, you can't underestimate how drastically things change when you insert this one element. Um, our Kids are at this age where they are most susceptible to peer pressure, to to so to this constant fear of missing out, this constant social tug to that I have to be checking, I have to be connected, I have to be monitoring how many likes I have. These things weigh on them so heavily, and we allow it to by allowing that to just sit there with them and allowing them to take it out between every class, often in every class. Uh, we we create a situation where students know at every moment when they're working on an assignment that half their friends are not working on assignments in their class. They're online, they're, they're participating on social media or live games. And they're constantly, so they're constantly trying to sneak out and do that as well. Um, and and, and to be frank, there's a lot of classes where there's dead time, where students are able to do that, where the, the teachers don't sure. care if the kids are jumping on their phones in and out of class because there's kids at different levels, different places. Some kids need more time. And it means if a kid is staring at his phone, it means they are quiet and they're not disrupting others. So you create a situation where students know at all times they're, you know, in a school day, in a school day, their their, their friends are on their phone nearly off and on constantly. Um, But that takes away the focus.
0: The focus is the teacher, the teacher who is presumably teaching Mm -hmm. all eyes on me. That, that always seemed to be the, the, the mantra of the teacher. What growing up was, Hey, all eyes on me. And, and back when, when you and I were in school, there were no phones. And so, it was it was either drawing on the desk or or staring at the book that's in front of you that no 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 hey all eyes on me. Mm-hmm. It's a little more different when you've got a phone and that again, you talk about kids being tugged in a hundred different directions. That's that's the phone right there. Mm-hmm. Tugging in uh, whether it's you know okay I want you on social media I want you on this chat I want you on this DM I want you this uh, go check your IG and go check uh, Facebook over here and what's on Snapchat and then and, and uh one little pocket-sized computer is tugging a million different ways that
9: uh, all eyes on me has got to be extremely difficult uh, yes absolutely and teachers beat their heads against the wall and beat their heads against the wall and the the kids are they're they're not even, they're not worried about it. You know, it's, it, okay, I'll put it up for a second and then I'll try again. Um, so it's kind of created that dynamic. But t- to your point there, I think it's important to note too, what's in our pocket is is much more addictive than a computer. Mm-hmm. It is a device and all of these different, you know, as I went into uh, 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 talking about the, the attention economy, uh, which began with cable, it's a device where every single one of these applications, they make money based on how long they can get you to stay on the screen. Sure. They, they hire the most brilliant people in the world Right to figure out the human psychology and how to make them come back and come back and come back. It's a very well documented science, and they get to use algorithms to make things even more algorithms that they often don't even understand. They just understand that they know how to give you exactly what will make you stay at the longest, as long as possible, and deliver it. It's catered to you. It's learning from everything you do, and it's catered to be as addictive as possible possible to for you. So, you know, so often we, we're we under the illusion, there's a great saying, uh, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled. <laughs> um, we're under the illusion that we're in control, that we're using this because we like it, that we're staying on because we like it. Uh, we're under the illusion that I'm just going to check this real quick and it leads to 30 minutes. Uh, we're under the illusion that, oh, I you know, that was a good use of an hour because I laughed, I had fun. Uh <laughs> And and these things become more and more normal. You know, what I've found many times, because I've been on the smartphone thing for a while. I've been on setting boundaries for a while. uh, And what I find over and over again is you take something off, you take get rid of social media, and you still find yourself in every spare moment, you don't need anything, grabbing that phone, opening it up, and looking for something. Right. Because you're not comfortable with a second of spare time. Uh, you know, and, and so you get rid of social media, you're going to your email, uh, you get rid of your email, you're going to go to, you're going to hit Safari and you're going to, you're going to go to ESPN, uh, just, just as if it was an app. This is, this is just the nature of these phones. And so I don't say that to say we need to stop using phones full stop. I, I say that to say, this is, this is what's going on with adults. Imagine what's going on with students. Right. Imagine the pressure they feel all day. I don't know if you noticed.
0: I I, I did lower my head in shame. <laughs> that you, as you were describing that, that you were describing me. That uh, I now because of the podcast, and I I want to get that information out there. I am on Facebook quite a bit daily, and if I've got something to post on Facebook. And I open it up, as it's loading, the first thing I think of is, don't suck me in. Don't suck me (laughs) in. And do not pay attention to the first post. Sure. And then, then I click on my page, and I go in, and I post what I'm supposed to post. And it's like, okay, get in and get out. Because I know, yes, it's addicting that the first post is going to suck you in, or someone's story is going to suck you in, or some goofy reel is going to lead to the next reel. And yeah. And so kids, yeah, kids suck in, uh, suck in that information
9: too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, and and the, the, the outlets that are most popular with kids are the, the most addictive and the, probably the least, uh, nourishing as far as the content that they're consuming. Um, and and, you know, this gets kind of philosophical or, you know, V- virtuesque or whatever, however you want to frame it, but you know, we really our minds are created by what we expose ourselves to, mm-hmm. by the uh, opinions, by the by the values, by the beliefs, by the uh, t- the media we expose ourselves to on a day to day basis. So you know, we're seeing when when you allow your students to, uh, if you look at their screen time, I mean, really, uh, I encourage anyone you can look at just the screen time app on on an iPhone, and you know the the, the I, I don't know the android but it, it's just as available um you can look at their screen time and uh gosh well i was just looking at my stats even for today
0: and this interview is being recorded on may 30th at 10 20 in the morning and i've already put in an hour and 26 minutes on my phone sure uh 43 minutes has been social uh, fourteen minutes because I gotta play Wordle. fourteen <laughs> Fourteen minutes is games, but you know, Wordle. I'm you know sure. exor- exercising my mind, and fourteen minutes of information and reading. Sure, okay, but um, you know, forty three minutes. That's that's half half of that time was on social media.
4: It's
0: very and, easy to get
9: away from you. And it's only it's only ten twenty in the morning. <laughs> Who's uh, Sure, and, but you know there's some nourishing stuff in there too, and I think it's important to note, we you know we there has to be a class on this now. We we, we have not been prepared for the technology we're being handed. We're not well prepared to to uh, to, to, to 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 use this technology without being used by it. Um, and, you know, and that's what that's what's really important to understand that this stuff, this smartphone has. So much capacity to enrich our lives. Yeah. Um, and the way our students use it, full stop, it's not enriching their lives. It's creating an unbelievable me- a mental health epidemic, unlike anything we've ever seen. It's been a disaster in the aggregate for our youth. But it can be, if you're intentional, if you understand the, 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 the underlying mechanisms, you understand what contributes to a fulfilling life, and you're intentional about Placing boundaries on things, uh, then you know. My goodness, you can you can listen to a book in a week. You can. I mean, the the, the opportunities for self education. Right. It's a, It's amazing what this can help us do.
0: But if you take their smartphones away, the parents are going to scream. The safety of my kids. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you laugh, but that's that's no, that's that's true. That that. I have to be and this goes back to last week's conversation about the dangers of overprotection. Yeah. I have to be in touch with my kid every second he's at school. Do not take his smartphone away. Sure. How and do you how do you respond to that?
9: I would I would start by saying, first of all, you don't have to give him a smartphone if you want to, you ha- you want to be in contact with them. Um, at a, at a young age, there's, you know, I, I know, I know nine, 10 year olds who have these watches and yeah. these watches basically allow them to, 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 to call four different people just by hitting a button and whatever else, um, flip phone works great. Flip phones are social suicide, <laughs> according to my kids. <laughs> we, and that's worth that's worth diving into. It really is <laughs> because, because, because most of what drives this, just, just like, you know, most of what we're dealing with is norms. It is an insane thing, especially when you look at the obesity rates, the, the the health epidemic we're we're working with too. It's insane, an insane idea, and 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 I mean this. I don't want to offend anyone because we're all guilty of many of these insane norms. We're all susceptible to them because they're we, we do what's normal. That's just what parents do. They you know we're raised in a society and we do what's normal. Right. There's there's really no fault in doing that until you until you know better. But who's to say what's normal? Well, Who created the normal? Advertisers. Um, okay. Our culture is created by advertisers. That we, damn media. We, well, it, it just is. The, yep. we we have devalued the the value creating um, influences in our life. The church, the school. Um, you know, the Boy Scouts, all, all these all these really firm value creating uh, institutions in our life have been devalued drastically. And what has come in their place? It's advertising and advertising likes to tell you, you know, to really sell you. Don't let anyone judge you. Do this. Open happiness, Coke's, Coke's motto. You know, whatever sure. it is. Do this, and anyone who would judge you is or, 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 or bat an eyelash at this. You know, they are wrong. Judgment is the wor- is the worst evil you could ever do. Uh, and so you create a society where everyone's afraid to be. You know, judgmental. Of course, unless that right. you, re- re- you know, unless you're a parent, everybody's one- got to wear four hundred dollar Air Jordans. Sure, sure. Well, well, wait a second. Skechers are pretty cool. <laughs>
0: no, they're not. Uh, okay. Well, but this all goes back to, all right, the, the devices in the classroom and starting with the iPad, the iPad then moved on to the laptop and yet, uh, there, there's still, oh, I, I forgot my iPad. Well, you know, bring up your lesson on your phone.
9: Yes. so, yeah, if you want to trace it, um, trace the the history back and, and and I'd say that the Chromebook is far better than the iPad. The iPad in the classroom didn't work very well. Yeah. Um it in and, and, and so much of that is much of that is there is always a rush to adopt new technology because you feel like you have to be riding the wave. You have to be cutting edge. Um and, the, and And the problem is if you don't understand all the dynamics, work to offset it, if you're not kind of conservative in how you adopt, then you often welcome a lot more harm than good. Uh, You have to be very intentional about these infinite technologies. The technology, you know, you look at AI now. We could talk all day on that. Sure. Um, These are transformative, socially disruptive technologies that have this giant potential to improve lives and then – But that's a narrow path to get there. It's a very narrow path. It's a very intentional path to use an infinite, I I do mean infinite technology, to use that in a way that brings you to to, to a higher level, that scaffolds you to a higher level, that brings you to an, an elevated level of existence. That is a very narrow path. And if you don't close off the other doors, you know, the the much more available, much more likely uh, path is this infinite landscape of things that could go wrong. And if you just go with the default model, that's where you're headed because that's where all the money is it, it, it is going to be pulling you there is using you making sure that we're we're using more of your life your you know the most important resource you have your time uh, you know your limited time to exist on this earth uh, and that is what is most valuable to them um, so so again these are, are are potentially good technologies that you have to be willing to offset. The iPad initiative was this thing we wanted to be on the cutting edge. We wanted to bring this thing in. We wanted to tell every single teacher you got to be using the iPad. We we're going to train every teacher in the iPad, and we were going to tell them that if you weren't using it, it was the number one sin. It was the number one thing you could be dinged on your evaluation for. Wow. Um, and it, you know, and that was all. You know. The, the, it's it's more understandable than than a lot of people m- might get, you know, from the outside. Um, you know, there's people people are always resistant there was a lot of education requirement of teachers so they were trying to send the message like you're going to educate yourself you're going to 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 uh to improve yourself to 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 do the work to be capable of using these new devices that's all well and good what they didn't do is they didn't understand the the, the full magnitude of the technology that you know that our our students were basically using those iPads like they would a phone. So at all hours of the day, you know, ding, 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 you know, right. they're on a ton of group messages. That that iPad, even if they're trying to work, was a constant, just a constant conveyor of message alerts coming down. The, the ability to focus, to do the deep work that's required in this, this knowledge, you know, to get back to AI, computers are going to do you know they're already doing the 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 the, the low uh, l- level jobs the the, the, the the that require very little uh intellect right right they're starting to do the medium level okay the only the only education that matters right now is higher level highly cognitively demanding work highly cognitively demanding meaning I have to think, I have to integrate, synthesize from a lot of different sources and do deep work that requires a ton of focus. That if if, I, if my focus, you know, it's just, uh, the flow state, uh, the psychologist, uh, well, I'm not going to even try to say his last name, but he <laughs> d- discovered flow. It takes you 15 minutes to get into the state where... You're really able to do a deep level of work and flow and, and, and integrate, you know, different ideas, and you have to have mastery to do this. That's not possible when you're constantly having your attention fluttered back and forth. Right. Um, and so that's what we invited in. Uh, and, and so you know, another distinction I think is helpful is you know, white versus a blacklist. We tried to blacklist all these apps that were, you know, we were on a learning curve. Sure. So we tried to blacklist all these apps that could you know could be disruptive. Well, as, as quickly as you, as you block an app, there's 12 new ones that are just as disruptive, if not more. Some of them just figure out how to work around a firewall, whatever it is. So the only you know, that just doesn't work. Our kids were constantly 12 steps ahead, and the, the, the disruption was insane. What, the only way to, to handle an infinite technology is to um, have a whitelist. You can only use these apps. And that might sound restrictive, and that might sound slow. Well, shoot, what a roadblock. I have to go through this process to get this app approved. I have to go through a process to get this cool thing. It's worth it. Given the alternative, you have got to be, when it comes to an infinite technology, you've got to be somewhat conservative. You have got to be intelligent, super intelligent, like an expert about how these things interact and what they're going to do every time you insert them into the ecosystem. Think of it like, um, it's it's not like normal engineering. It's not like engineering. I add this, it goes here, it's, it's very linear. It's like putting an invasive species into an ecosystem. You have mm. no idea what's going to happen. Right. You have no idea. I add shrimp to this lake, thinking salmon are going to eat the shrimp. No, they the, the shrimp eat this food source, That eats what the that eats the what the salmon we're going to eat, and now the salmon die off. You know, and now it's a problem. So, so, and this is what we're we're constantly. You know, this is the level of technology we're we're dealing with. Okay, we cannot predict everything, so you have to be conservative and willing to pivot, which requires you you to be willing to say, "We thought this, we learned this, we are pivoting." All right, which that is is hard for people to do is to admit, oh, we learned this, you know, it was not perfect. We're learning from that. That should be a mark. You know, people are so afraid to say they were ever not perfect, but that's like a mark of growth, right? (laughs) So it's important more now than ever.
0: So then the um, kids are not going to die without their smartphones in the classroom. The parents are going to be okay when their
9: kids don't have a smartphone in the classroom. We we and, have to we have to bring back that once common sense. So you know, yeah. I cell phones were around when I was in high school. Yeah, um, and, and and we knew that if if you, your phone went off in class, if it was out in class, it was gone immediately, taken, and you'd pay the money. When I first started teaching at Mansfield, the. The, so that was the expectation. That was the understanding. And that understanding slowly shifted with the introduction of the iPad and just kind of this new wave of thinking. And, you know, there was students not having their – their. Uh, it was kind of a, 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 a slow and then very quick creep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that radically shifted. And now there's this expectation. Of, you know, often I have a strict no phone in the weight room policy for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly being challenged, believe it or not. In the I, weight room. In the weight room, I'm constantly having kids bring their smartphone, and I, you know, when I say that I should not ever see that in here, they put it up, and then I'm, I, I, I am not, you know, this isn't the majority, but I'm still seeing frequently, you know, multiple times a month, a student on it, and then they, the default response is always, but I'm texting my mom and my or my dad or whatever, and my response is always, but you shouldn't be. There's <laughs> yes. no mom and dad know you're there. And I can see a situation where they would send you something so you know it. uh, You don't have to text back right away. So it's not like, you know, a parent should never text a kid while they're at school. But the expectation that they should be carrying on conversations with you throughout their school day, that is extremely disruptive. And I would assume as a teacher uh, for
0: privacy purposes, you cannot ask the student to prove it.
9: You're texting your parent, prove it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that it's covered in some of the trainings, but I I don't know what the, uh, I, I, <laughs> the answer to that is. My my guess is <laughs> I've never heard it, of a teacher saying prove it. Uh, yeah. To be honest, and uh, the the reality is there is a policy that's a little loose now. Uh, it could get a lot stronger. That does say that you know teachers can take it if they want. The norm structure is such that no one does. Mm-hmm. The norm, such structure, is such that students are on those things all day, um, and, and this is across the board, it's school to school. You can talk to to you know, it's, it's just a problem, and, and and every teacher knows that that for for depth of learning to go on, they have to remove that. And some teachers do a better job than others. Um, for a lot of teachers, and this is just the the, the honest truth. For a lot of teachers, there is um, you know it. The, the, the phone, it means the kids are quiet. If kids are finishing earlier, it's the phone. If, you know, the, noth- no world is perfect. And so what you found early on with the smartphone is it made it so everyone was quiet and orderly. I could work with these kids if these kids finish early. So if, if our only goal is to make sure that we have a, a tranquil learning environment, then the phone helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that... So many teachers do. It's shocking to me is they allow kids to put their earbuds in and listen to music while they work. Sure, which you know they're not listening to Bach. They're they're <laughs> they're, they're listening to to Drake, and yeah. uh, there's no way to think at a deep level with Drake banging around in your ears. There's no so so that that's just that's just evidence that we're not challenging them enough. Um, in, that, in that specific situation. Um, and there's a very, you know, real chance that because that's been normal, the kids, they're not used to being challenged enough. Right. They're not used to having to, to, to exert their mind at a deep enough level. Um, you know, one of the quotes I put in my book, I was talking to a, a now retired teacher, and she, she, she t- told me the story of, you know, testing day, Testing day was, you know, she she said it was always a a nightmare for teachers for years, for decades, it was a nightmare. Because, you know, you have all the kids testing all day, you know, they're in their test booklets, they're testing, they're testing. And then... Um, You know, when they turn it in, all they can do is read a book and, you know, they might read a book quietly. Uh, And then when the last test gets in, you try—you want them to stay quiet because all the surrounding classrooms might still be testing. Right. But when that last test book, it's pandemonium. It's crazy. You're trying to keep them quiet for, it could be an hour, two hours, whatever it is. And it's like, how do I do this? And she said that since the smartphone, it's not an issue. She says, and that's terrifying. Since the smartphone, it's quiet it's as quiet after the last test has been turned in as before.
0: Doesn't that they'll also give the student to text their friend that hey, by the way, you know, let's what did you what did you get on uh, question twenty? And
9: it, it, isn't there answer sharing going on? To be honest, it, I I I would say. Probably less than you think, because they're yeah. just so eager to get back on social media to play. <laughs> understand. These boys are all playing live games. They're yeah. playing these really exciting live adventures with their friends. The, I mean, the, 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 there's this whole world out there, so it's very easy just not to care. Uh, it's done, um, and uh, but but y- y- if you look at the research. If the research on you know, the research on, on mental health is staggering right now, uh, and I've given a lot of presentations on this. I put my presentations on my website so people can look at those. the The research is staggering on what's happened in this country re- relevant to m- mental health. But also, there is a 75-year longitudinal study out of Harvard that, that finished recently on the uh, number one in, um, influence of, uh, on happiness, basically, mm-hmm. and what caused happiness for people in the long run. So, it's this giant, long-term, 75-year study on happiness. And there's a lot of little things, you know, happiness, mental health, things you can do. We talk meditation. You talk, you know, cognitive behavior therapy. There's little things. But it, it's interesting, All these little things don't add up to anything compared to two variables. There are two variables that dictate happiness way more than anything else in the world. And it's just like talking about anything else and not these things is just missing everything. Number one is physical health. Less physically healthy, less happy by and large. Hmm. The other thing is strength of relationships. Number and strength of relationships. Are you socially integrated? Are you socially connected? And what we see since the ubiquity of the smartphone in schools 2012 is, is is the year you see this dramatic increase in not just in the United States and Canada and European nations and Australia and New Zealand this dramatic in- increase in students who say they are lonely at school wow and of of yet they're surrounded by quote friends sure there's this this is a giant barrier to connection actual connection. It's connecting you virtually to all sorts of threads of, uh, you know, of, of posing and, 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 you know, this this inauthentic world. But it's this dramatic weight pulling them away from actual authentic connection. And you see it. You see it in the halls. Uh, you, you walk around campus. I see it when I, when I walk by the you know we have our, our middle school tennis kids that get bussed over before before uh, to, to do tennis at, at the high school and before being bussed back and when they're waiting on their bus it's it's the same thing it's a, it's it, it's always the same thing it's a bunch of kids sitting on the ground as if they don't have the, the the will to stand
0: yeah yeah
9: on their individual devices staring at their it's the same thing when you look at kids you know in the hallway. Uh, They're all earbuds in. If they're waiting to go in a door, you know, they're they're just waiting there on their phone. If you go into the cafeteria, it's this giant inhibitor to deep connection that is always there pulling on them. So as we get, uh, uh, as we
0: work our way to our conclusion, what's the solution?
9: The solution, and there is there, there's a lot of great stuff coming out from really smart people. The solution, to me, is really clear. Uh, we we need to start with education and start with actually being the experts in this technology. The experts that our community can rely on and. Giving them this information, spelling it out in parent education, and giving them recommended practices—you have got to change the norms. If you look at Silicon Valley, the people that are creating this technology—Chamath Palihapitiya, Steve uh, Jobs—you know, across the board, the you know the the CEO of Common Sense Media, all these uh, people—it's come out over and over and over again. Uh, There's you know, hilariously uh, titled articles like uh, "Silicon Valley knows you never get high on your own." supply, Uh, you know, they uniformly will not give their kids a smartphone until high school not before high school until high school it's the uniform expectation in the silicon valley world hmm. and when they do uh, and I, I have so much of this linked on my website when they do they have very real intentional steps and they're they're pretty pretty well the main thing these are these are computer you know brilliant computer uh, c- computer scientists and they they have all this these same common boundaries on them they have all these checks on them that they're you know that they're restricting these devices they're using bark or or screen time or whatever it is or you know uh, you can just use the the apple parent controls very effectively now to control all these things but there's there's a real science and art to controlling these devices. It's well known. It's well documented. And we need to be, you know, empowering our parents with this information. We need to more than that be telling them explicitly. This is what we think you should be doing. This is what we want the norms of our environment to be for our students. It's not cool for a parent to feel like, Oh, I know this is going to ruin my kid, but He's 11 and all his friends have it. So I have to make this decision. Do I keep him from this world or do I, uh, do, do I put him in this world? And that's the horrible situation that parents find themselves in today. Keeping up over with the and over and over again. We have to empower them. We have to tell them, no, 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 no. This is super well documented evidence. This is the, the recommended based off of that evidence. This is what we recommend everyone do. Please follow this. These are. You know, here's the light phone. Here's the, 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 you know, the flip phones. Here's these other options you can go to if you want to, uh, get them, you know, in, in a way of, a means of connecting with you. Um, this will be somewhat, uh, uh, it will be somewhat inconvenient because you were going to, you know, the easy thing is Apple will give you four other lines for twelve cents. Right? You know what I mean. So, so, so you're going to have to be intentional about this. But we know this is what be- is best for your kids. It's more important than anything else you could do. Uh, and on top of that, there's a lot of legislation being put out right now trying to push the age of social media up sixteen uh, to sixteen as a minimum. Yeah. If someone wanted more information, uh, you mentioned
0: a website a couple of times. Uh, what is your what's your web address? trottershane.com.
9: Trotter. trottershane.com. And it's T R O T T E R Shane S H A N E.com. Uh, and if you go to resources, that's that's a ton of parent resources there. Excellent. And the book
0: again, Setting the Bar. This is one of my favorite books, so go out and look for the book. Uh, Setting the Bar, Preparing Our Kids to Thrive in an Era of Distraction, Dependency, and Entitlement. Wow. And Shane, I love love these conversations. I love having you here in the studio, and uh, we will pick another chapter, and... Do it again in another six or eight months. That sounds great. It's been a blast. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, oh my gosh, it's a good one. It's an in-studio interview with urban planner and author Jeff Speck. As always, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love support this podcast. You know what? Head on over to Apple. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. It's free and it's easy just to enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise.
1: About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel B. Asati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casio.
0: This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is Prohibited. Thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield.